As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Like me, Lee Murray wanted to be world champion in the USC. He just happens to be involved in the largest cash robbery in the world. He's definitely not sane. <laughs> Showtime Sports presents the unbelievable true story about the MMA fighter who pulled off one of the largest heists in history. Huge amounts of money, armed gang, disguises, kidnapping. This is sort of thing you see in Hollywood films. We've never seen that for real. Catching Lightning, streaming Friday, April 7th, only on Showtime. Streaming with Paramount+. Plus. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome to yet another episode of the Orange Weekly Pregame Podcast. My name's Kev Dan, and I want to welcome you to today's show. And man, do we have a lot of good content for you guys. This week, me and David are going to go really in-depth and talk about everything Drew Locke. And I know that's probably on the forefront of most of Broncos country's minds. So we're going to talk a lot about him, what we've seen the last two weeks, and what we expect to see him, uh, from him this week. Also, we have a lot of other stuff to cover in terms of the rest of the Broncos. A lot of injuries that you guys are going to listen up for and, and hear what we have uh, to talk about that. Uh, of course, we are on, our, on, the, on the road this week. It is the last road game of the season. So, man, going to Kansas City in December is going to be cold, and it's going to be a tough environment to play in for the entire team to include Drew Locke. Of course, there's some news on the uh, Kansas City front, especially with uh, Mahomes maybe being injured, maybe not. We're going to see. Definitely expect him to play, but again, David and I talk a lot about that. So make sure you uh, sit tight with us. Again, hit that subscribe button if you haven't hit, hit it already. Uh, kick back, relax, grab a, grab a beer, grab a drink, whatever you want, uh, but enjoy the podcast. And again, welcome to the Orange Weekly Pregame Podcast. Welcome again, Broncos country, to another episode of the pregame podcast. This week, your Denver Broncos are on the road for their last away game for the season as we take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Lots of news going on, but of course, I uh, want to introduce uh, today's co-host for the podcast, who is always on the podcast. David, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Kev. Uh, always on the podcast. Might be overselling it a little bit, but <laughs> I, uh, I certainly try. It's good to be here as always. Well, even when you're not on the podcast, I make sure I get your uh, your game prediction in, uh, just like last week. And, That's uh, right. That's right. I gotta it was, say, it was even though it was a completely made up uh, prediction for you, you were still the closest. Yep. Uh, <laughs> as the Broncos absolutely killed the Texans. Yeah, I was a little upset about that at first. <laughs> that that score prediction that you just put that out there is my opinion. I I yeah. generally like to sound as if I know what I'm talking about <laughs> most of the time. Uh, yeah. And now that it, uh, as you said, quite accurately. Uh, was the closest to accurate truth, the the real score. Uh, I have fully embraced it as my original <laughs> idea. Uh, so you heard it here, Broncos country. You may have heard it from Kevin's mouth, but it definitely came from my brain. <laughs> that that was me all the way. And uh, I've got. Uh, do I have another one in me this week? We're just gonna have to find oh, out. You're gonna we're have, gonna to, have listen, to find out. Listen all the way to the end to find that out. Uh, but we got a banger this week, Kev. Uh, oh, a man. game. 
that you thought, you know, two, three weeks ago, you thought, oh, God, do I have to watch this one? And uh, now it's like, oh, man, what am I going to see in this one? You know, it's actually, I'll say this for Drew Locke. He's made it fun to watch Broncos games again in a season where it just has not been fun to watch a lot of Broncos games. No, but here we are, of course, you know, having watched those games and we know how much fun they have not been to watch. Um, But yeah, so... Drew Locke, and of course on you know the Tuesday show, Bourbon Broncos No BS, that was what we talked about for probably about 40 minutes of the show until sure. I was like, okay, we have to move on. We have on. to get on something um, else. Here's the only thing, David, and, and we talked about this Tuesday, but I want to get your take. Uh, if you remember earlier in the season, uh, Broncos had come off of two really good wins against some decent teams. Uh, and then we came back to mile high to play the Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs at the time had the worst ranking uh, run defense. Uh, their defense in general was some of the lowest in the league. Um, and we were feeling pretty excited. All of Broncos country, hey, finally, we have, this is like the best chance we've had to beat the Chiefs since the Peyton Manning era. We're at home. Things are going our way. They had lost two games. We won two games. This is, this is going to be a fantastic game. And we got demolished. Now, here we are, end of the season. We have just won two games in a row. Uh, we're going to, you know, people are like, Drew Locke, he's fun to watch. Things are looking good. This should be a fun game. What do you think, man? I'm worried that we might see a repeat of history. I don't know. I'm trying to keep my expectations low, but I am excited about Drew Locke. I don't know. What's your take? I mean, sure, it could happen. Uh, just because anything could happen at any time. And these stupid little symmetries happen in the NFL every single year. But there's a couple of things that make me tend to think probably not. Um, We saw in that game the Broncos just lay down. They you know they were on the bus back to the not not the bus because they were at home. But you know they were they were in home in bed in the in the second quarter for that by that game. And that is one thing I do not think you're going to see out of that team this week. No matter what else happens. Um, Yeah, I think. They are gonna. They will play for Drew Locke at a level that they didn't play for Joe Flacco, and it's not. I don't think because Drew Locke is you know the great leader of the team after three games or anything like that. You know, he obviously um, they got they like him. Obviously, he's a charismatic guy who looks like he's genuinely having fun out there. Right. Uh, but I think just the total lack of leadership, vocal leadership from Joe Flacco, more than anything else. These guys just wanted somebody to play for on the field. And, yeah. you know, it, like I said, it's not that Drew Locke is a great leader, but now they've got somebody who will go out and play for them, who's going to make plays for them, get excited when they get excited, and, you know, be, you know, kind of that 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 kind of presence on the field, which is something that they've all needed, which something is something every NFL team needs to gravitate around. And so I think that's where you're seeing them play with a little bit more now. And I think you're going to see that continue against Kansas City. Now, there's a whole lot of other reasons that they might lose that game, and we're going to dive into all of them. Yeah. But for that, I don't see a similar loss in which they just lay down and stop trying. And I agree with you. And again, I just... uh... For everyone who's already jumped on the, the Drew Lock bandwagon, I wish I had your level of confidence. My heart has just been broken way too many times the last couple years, so he's really going to have to you know earn my my love and appreciation, uh, and I'm dying for him to do it. We just got to, for me, got to give it time. Uh, but you're right. He's out there. He's having fun. And when's the last time you've seen one of our quarterbacks out there not only playing well, but just 
you can tell just enjoying it, mm-hmm. just loving it. Yeah, and, and his teammates loving it too. Yeah, everyone is getting yeah. excited mm-hmm. on both sides of the ball, and it's it's something that I think even if Drew Locke has a a bad game, which not every game is going to be like last week. I mean, let's face it. Um, but he's still going to be able to rebound from it. He loves the game so much that as long as he learns and grows, uh, it's it's something that's just going to keep it fun to watch, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. But talking about Drew Locke kind of twisting a little bit, Andy Reid, head coach of the uh, Kansas City Chiefs there, one of the best head coaches in the NFL right now, if not, I mean, in a long, long history of the NFL. Um you have, we've given him a full week to look at two tapes on not only uh, game tapes on Drew Locke, but this version of the Broncos. What do you think uh, Andy Reid is looking at this tapes, you know, and, and anticipating uh, this game in order to build his game plan? I think he's going to try and take away, uh, and it's going to be tough. It really is because now you've got some emerging weapons on the Broncos offense that make them a little bit harder to game plan for. And that's one thing I think that we have a good advantage on. That being said, uh, the Steve Spagnuolo defense is one that blitzes a lot. And I think that that is something they are really going to try and test out this week. They're going to see if the young guy can handle it. We've seen him make off-platform, off-balance throws with pressure in his face. And some of them have been insanely good. And, you know, honestly, both of his interceptions that he's thrown this year were clean pocket throws that he got greedy on and locked onto a receiver and never let him go. So that's going to be one thing to keep an eye on is just because he's going to have man coverage on the back end of a lot of these plays because they're going to send heat after him. I want to see how Rich Gangarello helps him game plan for that and how Drew Locke executes that game plan this week. That's going to be key if you really want to get past this Kansas City defense, which to me, I'm not going to say is oversold, but they, I think everybody's talking about them this week because they just beat up the Patriots. Everybody was talking about the Texans the week before because they just beat up the Patriots. <laughs> and so, honestly, the Patriots just don't have a very good offense right now, which I think is a bigger story that now is kind of coming to light in the league. But I don't know that we can anoint the Kansas City defense. Um, you know, obviously, they're going to try and challenge Drew Locke at every turn. Oh, yeah. But I don't. I think he the toughest defense he's faced in the three games thus far was still his first, the first defense, the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, so that's, I, I think that they can have a successful game plan for that. Uh, some run pass options, some quick throws, get the ball out, timing throws like that uh, to kind of beat those blitzes, especially when you've got man coverage. And, you know, we saw one play on the, in the, um, Texans game that might be illustrative here. Um, It was in the red zone. It was that quick slant that got us a first down in the red zone to Cortland Sutton. And I think that was Sutton's first catch of the day or something like that. But that was actually, I believe, a run pass option where you saw Deshaun Hamilton motion from the left to the right of the offense. And when Drew Locke saw that he had man coverage, he checked into that pass play gunned it in there and they got a first down so that's mm-hmm. something I would see, expect to see maybe a little more of in this upcoming game if we do see some of those pressure packages against the Chiefs and you know you're going to see I mean you, t- you talked about they're going to blitz a lot they do the cover zero blitzes uh, frequently and I expect to see that really early on because uh, again if I'm if I'm Andy Reid I'm looking to throw Drew Locke off his game that's early with, with that crowd noise absolutely yes and if I can get him off the game plan 
or off of his game, then my game plan can really be instituted. And man, this game's just gonna kind of lean in my favor for the Chiefs. So that's yeah. what mm-hmm. that's what Andy Reid's thinking in my, in my book. And I completely agree. Now, uh, if we also remember, and I'm sure we can talk more about the Drew Lock stuff later on, but uh, the other thing I want to talk about on the offense uh, is the run game. Again, we've we've normally had a fairly strong run game. Uh, last week wasn't great, uh, but the box it was, was terrible. Stacked. The box, the box was, was stacked. stacked. Uh, but we also saw a similar performance last time we played the Chiefs, where, again, poor run defense, apparently, <laughs> according to the stats, but we could not get a run game going. So if uh, let's, look at, let's look at our side of the spectrum first. If, if you're uh, Coach Fangio and company, and you're looking at this saying, hey, what we did last time did not work against this team, what are we going to do? What do we need to do to get our run game going? Yeah, and... You you just kind of have to kind of stick with it, I think. You're going to have to maybe grind out some runs there in the first quarter, which is tough to say because on the other hand, on the other hand you really want to get out to score some points early. You don't want to yeah. fall two scores behind to the Chiefs in the first or second quarter. It's just it's you'll never you're never going to climb out of that hole. Uh, so you know you want to keep your offensive aggressive, especially with what we've seen out of the offense being aggressive the last couple of weeks and what they can do when they're doing that. But you've got to keep them honest. You know, the the play-action game was still really, really effective against the Texans because we would keep trying those runs. And, yeah. you know, we would get a five- or six-yard run every once in a while. But for the most part, like we said, the box was stacked and we had they wanted to take away the run game and they wanted to take away Cortland Sutton and see what else Drew Locke could do that's you know a similar game plan is something i expect this week and one thing i'm really watching is uh noah fant and the health situation with him um he returned to practice today limited basis um but it sounds like you know it sounded like after the game both he and coach fangio said he was going to be fine he was feeling okay um i would expect to see him out there as, as things stand now, and I would really hope to see him out there because sure. he opens up the offense quite a bit when they're double-covering Cortland Sutton on the back end. A guy like Noah Fant's going to be in single coverage a lot of the time, and he is starting to learn how to use his body to box out NFL defenders and just run right past them because he's yeah. got that speed. He's really, really impressive when he just starts rumbling down the field. And... He's kind of a guy who's really been putting it together the last few weeks. So to have him out there is kind of an offensive chess piece that you now, it's, you know, what the Chiefs have been doing with Travis Kelsey for years. It's now you have to account for another guy in a different part of the field with a special skill set. You can't necessarily take away all our weapons. I mean, that's, so before I talk about the weapons, I mean, you're exactly right. No fan has been killing it lately. Uh, but but a month ago, you know, before the Browns game, we still weren't really sure. Um, but now here we, you know, looking back at this last last year's draft, we see Noah Fant developing. So you got Noah Fant round one, got uh, um, Reisner, and then we got Drew Locke. Uh, and when everyone was saying why, a lot of people are saying, why did we pass up on Drew Locke for Noah Fant? And man, we got lucky to have him. I don't know if he's going to pan out. Now we have this trifecta of players that seem to be initially, at least over the last couple of weeks, really coming together and really kind of showing that, hey, that draft might, the, the first three picks alone might have a huge impact, positive impact for the Broncos moving forward. And then even go back one further draft and add Cortland Sutton and Philip Lindsay and, you know, the jury's still yeah. out on Royce Freeman. Uh, but 
and Deshaun Hamilton for that matter. But especially yeah. if those guys put it together too, like if all of those guys pan out, you've got an, a young offensive core for a very long time that is going to be pretty good and pretty dynamic and you can do a lot of different things with. So, you know, it's, it's and you've been saying it more than anybody, it's a little too early to, you know, anoint any of these guys. But that would be, it, we're talking an excited, we're excited about Broncos offensive pieces and not just one, but like five or six. And, you know, I mean, when was the last time we even had that potential here? It's been a really long time, yeah, and so that's one thing that it's a little it it's allowed to we're allowed to have fun talking about it, even oh, yeah. if we're not allowed to if we're not going to annoy anybody just yet. No, 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 but you're exactly right. The the promise on the team, the promise in these players, the the flashes of excellence we see, and I mean, you give them another two years to really develop, and you know, hopefully through a couple more good drafts, add some some more pieces, use that uh, draft or the uh, the cap space that we have coming up, I think you said it's about what forty million. It's potentially up to seventy million if they cut Joe Flacco and Ron Leary. So uh, yep. yeah, it, it's it's going to be a chunk. Uh, so I mean, you use that money uh, wisely to bring in good players, or at least uh, somebody that can really complement what we already have. And in two years, you're looking at man, this is going to be. It's good not. It's not going to be a. Uh, they they probably will make in the playoffs. It's going to be more of a. What what seed are they going to be in the playoffs? Um, and, and that's that's very exciting to think about. In right. two or three years, this team is going to be strong. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. And it's you know, and what you also want to make sure you do with some of that cap space when you're talking about building a strong team is roll over a little bit of it because you've got you know guys this year like Justin Simmons who you really really want to resign, but there there are going to be guys after that that are not going to be too far away. And when you've got this much money, you know, invested in your future because it looks like your future is actually bright for once. Oh, yeah. So, you know, save some. So this is something that we talked about earlier this week. Uh, it seems John Elway's mentality the last couple of years, I think even going to this year, is that win-now mentality. All we got to do is put a couple Band-Aid fixes in a couple positions, and this team is going to make a deep playoff run. And what we've seen, and I think Joe Flacco was, I hopefully he looks at this and says, okay, I was way, way off. You cannot just put a, you know, a Band-Aid fix on a quarterback position. But with everything we're talking about right now, giving this team a couple years to develop, do you think John Elway has maybe finally moved on from that win-now mentality and he's saying, okay, let's use this, this cap money, uh, the cap salary wisely. Let's, let's not all spend it right now in hopes of getting to the Super Bowl this next year, or are we going to add a couple pieces, keep some of that money, re-sign some players, and build the team over a couple of years like we need to do? I hope so. And I hope it comes in the form of you know, contracts to guys like Jawan James. And when I say that, what I mean is not guys who have injury histories. And unfortunately, you know, I think we've seen Jawan James hasn't practiced this week again. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, but guys like who are coming off their rookie deals, who have established themselves as good to great players in this league, and who are going to be in the prime of their careers for the next five years, you lock them down. Um, you know, one guy that I'm really looking at is he's a, a guard for Washington, Brandon Scherf. 
um, has a guy who is going to be a free agent this year, um, a guy who I would love to have at one of our guard spots. So, yeah. you know, one of those kind of guys who you can put into an offense at an important position, provide stability right away there, and allow your young quarterback and your young offense to grow with him and around him. That's the kind of free agent that Jawan James in an ideal world was. If he had been healthy this year, you know, we've got him for several years to come. So, you know, hopefully he can still turn into that guy. Stranger things have happened, right? Um, But that's the kind of guy I want, the kind of signing that I want for this team. Um, Now, the downside, of course, with those signings is they don't come cheap. You got to sign guys to long-term deals and basically set the market for that position if you want to get guys like that. So I'd rather have them, to answer your question more fully, spend that kind of money than to throw it away, kind of scattershot on a bunch of you know short-term deals for guys who you help who you think are going to help you win now. Because this team needs to develop a little more. They've got the young pieces in place to do it, but don't. Go out and spend on a guy because you think he's going to put you in the playoffs in 2020. You know exactly. Don't you don't have the, the goal is not get to the playoffs in 2020. The goal is grow your team organically and you know get. Now we're talking about like you said in not, in 2021 we're not just talking about playoff we're talking about playoff seeding. It's going to be a very interesting off season and free agency especially as we see uh, teams making their signings and their moves and. Man, that's that's really going to give us a, a very clear insight into what John Elway's mentality is, uh, is how many people he signs, the, the type of contracts he signs these players to, uh, and if he's still in that win-now mentality, or if this is a, okay, we're going to work on building this team organically, like you said. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of talk about in the offseason, man. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. That's And the, going into the draft, too, I'm really excited oh, to yeah. see what this draft brings because it has a lot of depth at two positions that the Broncos are going to need some help at, which is offensive tackle and wide receiver. So we'll talk a little bit more about that going into the offseason. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it could be another – we may be set up for another really, really good draft. Uh, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's see how it goes. So we're talking about wide receivers a little bit ago and, you know, the the – potential wide receivers we have in the draft. But uh, you look at uh, the passing performance from this last game, and I think we had 10 different receivers uh, throughout the game, and each individual person's uh, um, receiving yards isn't fantastic, I think maybe for, except for a couple, but you talk about 10 different possibilities. How, as Andy Reid, how do you game plan against that? How do you say, how are we going to cover all these guys? Because the way it looks like Drew Locke is playing is, He's going to find that guy, and maybe it's somebody we're not even expecting him to throw to, and how do we prepare for that? Well, at a certain point, you pick your poison, and you hope that the guys that you leave singled up aren't the guys that the play is designed for or the play the way the play ends up. Because, you know, you're going to have guys like Jeff Hireman out there, you know, catching balls, and uh, Decker out there catching balls, and... Um, you know, Royce Freeman, Philip Lindsay catching balls out of the backfield. I mean, that's kind of the bread and butter for this offense. They liked, right. they love that, you know, and not Be- uh, Decker. I said Decker. I meant Beck. Andrew Beck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sick. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, if everybody couldn't tell. Uh, anyway, um, but, you know, the play designs for Scangarello for some of these guys have just been phenomenal the last couple of weeks. 
Um, the red zone plays in this Texans game, for example, there were guys wide open. Uh, the you know the Royce Freeman play uh, where he just locked just tossed it to him and he walked in. Mm-hmm. If you watch the watch behind him, Cortland Sutton is also wide open on that play. And if Freeman hadn't been in the play, that would have been a touchdown, a guaranteed touchdown too. <laughs> so I'm just really, really excited to see some of these weapons growing with the quarterback play. Um, and that's one thing that I've really in, enjoyed seeing with Drew Locke is just kind of watching him raise the level of play around him. It just seems like everything's clicking a little bit better. And, you know, maybe that's – there's all sorts of factors that don't have anything to do with him involved in that. But the fact that he's in there and the offense is actually succeeding is just, I, you know, it's a joy for me. Now, how, how much of that do you think is also Skangarillo learning and improving week by week? Because you look at these players and you look at the coaching staff, we're all so young. My only thought is – you know, are these all brand new plays or are these plays that have been in the playbook since the beginning? And okay, now he's maybe understanding when to call these plays at the right time. Plus, additionally, we have, uh, you know, the quarterback and some of these receivers that are growing now that can make these plays happen. Or is it just a, a, an even combination of the two? Well, I think it's it's a little bit more of one than the other. I think that the play calling has been what it has been this season, largely in reaction to what the players have been able to have shown themselves able to do with the quarterback play that they were getting. Um, And a lot of that was just not good. You know, they were not executing concepts. And it's a fairly advanced offense. There's a lot of motion, a lot of misdirection, um, and complex routes that sometimes take a while to develop on the back end. So it's just the kind of thing where if you don't have A-plus or, you know, even B-level quarterback play in there. If your quarterback play is B-minus, C-plus, C, C-minus, lower <laughs> grades that we've seen from Broncos quarterbacks, oh, yes. it's just not going to work. Um, and so I think it really has been kind of, you have seen the offense limited that way just because they don't want to call concepts that they know the team can't execute. And maybe now they can execute them a little bit better. I, again, and, you know, there's definitely criti- areas for criticism in the play calling. I'm not saying that Rich Gangarello is without fault in this season. But mm-hmm. to me, that's kind of what I'm looking at going forward is, does the play calling continue to show these play- or put these players in good positions to make plays? Um, that's really all I'll be looking for going down the field. Because it wasn't just that play. You know, I could hi- name half a dozen plays where – Guys were just wide open with a ton of room to run in front of them. And, I mean, the Texans have a deceptively bad defense, but, man, it was really interesting to see the way that guys were able to just catch and run in space last week. That's what I'll be seeing. All I want to see as we go forward from the play calling. You remember me saying this earlier on in the season, especially once we, you know, went 0-4 and and then 1-4. and I was just hoping that by this point in the season, we would start to see this team play close to a playoff caliber team. Um, and and do, in my opinion, I, th- I think we're getting there. You know, give this the, the last three weeks. And that's really what I want to see. I just want to see us be able to have these pieces start coming together that look like they can be competitive for us to go in the offseason and actually work on that and improve on that. Um, but how close do you think we are to kind of really reaching that level with knowing how how young everyone is on the team? <sighs> 
Uh, you know, it's. I'm really glad that in some ways that this team is not better than it is because now we will not have Rich Scangarello being talked about as the next hotshot head yeah. coaching candidate. And yeah. so the offense is going to get a year of continuity with him and a whole offseason of continuity with him next season. And that is going to be a crucial one. So I want to say it could happen next year, but that offseason has to be, you know, lit. Right. I right, mean, right. just absolutely, uh, you know, everything that you want to have happen happens. You're and off. I think that's a lot to ask. That, yeah. that's a really that's a it big is. thing to ask. Especially because you know Drew Locke is stu- still super raw. I think. Oh, yeah. um, you know his his footwork is really bad at times. He makes up for it with ridiculous arm talent. But the more film that they have on him, the less he's going to be able to rely on that. And. Right. A lot of that's just going to have to be, you know, the way that is this season. It's not going to be fixed until you get an off season in. And even then, it's not yeah. a guarantee, you know. So, uh, you know, we, I mean, you've heard us talk about him thus far. Obviously, we're really excited about what we've seen. But for all that, you've still got to make sure he doesn't regress in areas. And that's, you know, that's one thing we've seen happen a lot with this team, unfortunately, uh, this season. So you just, and I expect him to struggle over the next few games. It's going to happen. He's a rookie. He's going to look like a rookie at times. Um, And it's just going to, we can't throw him in the bin just as on the other side of that coin. We can't now announce him as quarterback of the future. Uh, You know, it's it's just, it's going to happen. So what? How he responds to that, and how he kind of carries that forward into the off season, um, is really going to be what I'm looking for. If it happens, uh, if is it going to happen this game? It might. But one thing he has not, even with his struggles, as you know, as far as the interceptions have gone, is he's never looked like the moment's too big for him. And that's sure. what I'm really going to be just. Does he ever look so overwhelmed that he's <laughs> <And> lost? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That he can't do it because that you know we've seen that out of every single quarterback in yeah. in you know Joe Flacco, Brandon Allen, Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch. Have you seen Joe Flacco on the sideline? I mean, he gosh. still looks lost. Yeah, absolutely. I'm surprised he knows which sideline to go to. I'm not really I mean... sure. <laughs> I, you know, I think they just you point... stand here. <laughs> yeah, they point him which way to go, and he kind of just goes there. <laughs> <laughs> Which, to be honest with you, if I was Joe in Joe Flacco's position at this point in my career, I can say I'd, I'd be about that checked out, too. <laughs> like, forget about it. I'm on injured reserve. I just lost my job to a rookie for the second year in a row. I'm good. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to sit it out here. But, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just – and I think he's got the demeanor to do it, too. I'm really yeah. excited. Yeah, I think he's – much more of a, you know, the the comparison I heard most this week to him was Jay Cutler, but with a much better attitude. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> and I honestly, I think attitude was 99% of the reason that Jay Cutler failed in this league. So, uh, oh. I you know, I wouldn't mind that at all. Easily, easily. It's, it goes back to, hey, this guy is having fun. And uh, just, it you got to have that attitude to be, to be a successful quarterback in this league. Um, it's, it's part of the thing. You have to really believe that you are capable of overcoming a- any mistake you make. Yeah. And yeah, he's going to flounder. And yes, some team, maybe not the Chiefs, uh, who knows if it's ha- going to happen this year or next year. I think it might happen this week. Some team is going to figure him out. Yep. And how is he going to handle that? 
That's why I'm not sold on Drew Locke yet. Let I, I have to see what he does after teams figure out. Teams figured out Trevor Simeon. Yeah, he went, what, 4-1 uh, and one in his first five games? Everyone, look, I will admit, and this is part of why I refuse to jump on the Drew Locke train right away, after we went, I think it was 3-0 and oh, uh, with, with Simeon, my jersey was ordered. Yep. I had it within a couple weeks, and then everything started going downhill. So I'm, I'm going to be hesitant on this one. Um, but it, it really comes down to how is he going to overcome uh, the – the challenge of some team figuring him out and then every other team having a blueprint on how to stop him. What is he going to do to, to, to overcome that? Right. And that's what I'm, I'm less worried about that just because we have seen him make every type of throw in mm-hmm. the, in his, in very limited, obviously limited sample size, but you know, deep balls with touch on them, deep balls with zip on them, short balls with touch on them, short balls with zip on them, <laughs> medium balls with a little too much zip on them sometimes. And, you know, obviously that's something you got to work on. But at the same time, those things you are good at because you have been practicing and you've got good habits now where in week, maybe college some of your weaknesses were those things, uh, you know, touch passes on sh- on short and intermediate routes, that kind of thing. So do you keep those good practice habits that you've been building under pressure when you're under pressure when they're trying to take those easy things away from you? Or do you regress into your bad habits and your bad footwork and start overthrowing guys and start trying to sneak balls in where they shouldn't? Because that's where... That's where... you. Yeah, you, I'm not taking it back. Uh... <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. No. Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Broncos, um, what? <laughs> you heard me. Um, it's on the tape. So it is. It's there. Before Drew Block tries to go sneaking his balls anywhere in that they shouldn't be, he's just got to stop and think, is this a good decision? I know this right, is under right, pre- right. Uh, you know, And it's tough because I say you've got to stop and think when a guy, 300-pound guy is barreling down on you because <laughs> Garrett Bowles didn't want another holding penalty. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Well, That's what I really want to see. Look, uh, uh, Drew Locke has not, and I forgot his name for a second because there's a myriad of quarterbacks that you know we've seen in the recent years that I can't remember which one we're, we're talking about. Now, but <laughs> Drew Locke has not played with a clean pocket. I mean, last game alone, he probably got hit. I don't remember the the exact number. It was at least five or six times. And it didn't phase him. Uh, He still made those throws, even though he knew he was was getting hit as he was throwing the ball. Uh, There was one to Hireman, I can remember. He was getting, he he had a guy right in his face, and he had to place that ball on Hireman perfectly. Because if he places it on him perfectly, he's open. If he's a foot behind him, it's a pick. Exactly. And he nailed it. Right in stride, yep. it was beautiful. Um, but so yeah, like you said, that's what we, and and we we talked about that a little earlier. It's just he has such ridiculous arm talent that he can kind of make those plays. But but you know you've just got to be able to make, keep it smart. You can't trust your arm too much in these big games like this. It's going to be interesting. There's a lot of questions still surrounding Drew Locke. And if yeah. you're sitting here saying, "I know he's the quarterback of the future," yeah, I would. I'd like you. I'd like to ask you to take a step back for a second and say. Let let me let's look at this a little more. There's still a lot of questions. Look, one of the big things for me is you can tell who I can tell who Drew Locke is throwing to as soon as he snaps the ball. His eyes go directly to that player. Uh, that's what he did this whole last game. Is all you had to do is watch his eyes. So you know, I, I think that's one easy way for Andy Reid and company to figure out how to stop him. 
you watch his eyes and that's, you know, wait for his eye movement and that's where he's going to go. Um, I don't know. Maybe he'll fix that this week because, you know, he was doing a lot of check downs against the, the Chargers and he fixed that in a week. And I don't know, man, but the, there's there's some things that he definitely needs to fix yet. We'll see. Um, I don't know that I necessarily saw it the way you saw it. I thought he went through progressions well on some plays and on other plays he definitely was staring down his guys. Uh, maybe, maybe I, I overstated it. It wasn't every time. On the interception. Was it, it was obvious. On the yeah. interception for sure, and that was the absolutely the problem on his pick. He stared down his guy the entire way and just never saw the safety or thought he could fit it in in front of the safety, and right. it didn't work. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely one thing he's got to be able to keep going through his reads and progress through the offense because you know they're going to try and take away his first guy a lot and his first guy is probably going to be Cortland Sutton a lot so they're going to try and take away Cortland Sutton at all times from him and we kind of talked about this earlier Noah Fant if you can have Noah Fant in that game it's going to help you so so much for your quarterback all right David we've done a lot of talking about the offense and there's a lot to talk about so I'm glad I think we covered it all very well but now let's 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 switch to the other side let's pivot yes uh Patrick Mahomes, uh, he, they said he was injured. Uh, he, he practiced in full, like you said earlier, the last two days. He'll be out there. Yeah. Um, but where where do you see this uh, this Kansas City offense um, over the last couple of weeks in comparison to how our, our uh, the Broncos' defense has been? Well, and it's interesting because, you know, he's going to be out there for sure. But to see how effective he is is something that I'm going to really be interested to see. Because, you know, he rushed back from that dislocated knee really fast. And now he's got a thumb injury where he banged his thumb on a helmet pretty hard. And he didn't look the same after he did that last game. It was not Mm -hmm. quite... So, I don't know if he's going to be... I mean, no guy's 100%. It's December. But I I would really... I'm going to be really interested to see how effective he is. And if we can maybe get to him early with guys like Malik Reed, who thankfully is going to be back. And Vaughn Miller, who's got another week of healing under his belt. Um, see if we can get a little bit. And you know, Von Miller did not have a terrible game last. No, you, you know, even uh, you know, he didn't get register a sack, but he was pretty close on a couple of them. And he mm. had definitely beaten both of his guys. Quite, he was in Laramie Tunsil's head. He caused a couple <laughs> of false starts there. Yep. Um, but so I'll be really interested to see if if Mahomes is, is as effective. This offense has, you know, obviously has all their weapons back. They've got Hill. Um, they've got Kelsey out there, Watkins, Nicole Hardman. Uh, all of these guys are very, very dangerous, but they just haven't looked as dynamic, as uh, record-setting, and uh, you know, just able to produce anything at any time quite the way that they were last year. They're still very dangerous offense, um, and they still do have a big play at any time ability, but they haven't shown it consistently. Uh, over the past few weeks. Um, they went into Foxborough and beat a bad Patriots offense uh, with, with a you know a good Patriots defense. Uh, but, you know, I don't hate the matchup uh, for us as far as it goes. Um, you know, obviously, you're not going to be able to cover every guy on every play, and they're going to get their chunks. Uh, but if you can keep them, sure. you know, li- try and limit them to field goals instead of touchdowns, really <laughs> shut down that run game. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the the kind of these simple bend-don't-break things you can do to kind of give your offense a chance to, you know, at least go out there and prove that they they are the offense they've been 
the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and I think we've seen our defense more often than not this season do a very good job of bend and not break. Yeah. I mean, the reason we've lost these games in such a close fashion is because of our defense. Yeah. They've put us in those positions. So I expect them to continue to be that way. Um, Now, one player, man, Jackson was just flying across the field. Absolutely. And uh, I can't wait for me uh, for the time to rebuild the intro video for our, our live shows because uh, that fumble recovery handoff to Jackson run down the field, uh, that's the first clip I'm going to look for and put in that video. I mean, and then you include the, the interception he had and some of the other just crazy hits. And I want Yeah, I wanted yeah. you to get that hit that he put on Hopkins. Oh, where, that's, that's both of those are going to be. Yeah, there. good Lord. That was, and I, I mentioned it in the group chat at the time, I was so impressed that he had managed to hit him in the chest instead of the head and keep it a legal hit. But man, that ball came out of there quick. Look, that's what he does, though. Yeah. If you look at his hard hits in his career, that's what he does. He knows how to do it perfectly by the rules, but still make it a hard hit. And I think Hopkins was even trying to uh, try to draw the flag. You know, he, he I think he did. His head and everything. There's a little receiver uh, savvy that goes along there when he, oh, you know, yeah. when he lays on the turf for a little bit longer and maybe thinks yep. like, "Wow, I got my 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 lights knocked out for a second there. What a hit!" But uh, right, right. Now the, the I think the refs. Look, I give the refs a ton of crap. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? And it's it's easy to call it when they do when they they call a bad game or they make a bad call. Look, the refs this week, this last week, um, and I don't want to derail the conversation too much, but that call, I think, with maybe fifty percent of the other refs would have drawn a flag. Uh, the it was close, but it was it was completely legal. And if you weren't really paying attention to what happened, it would have been a very easy thing to to throw the flag on. Uh, but then also, I just mentioned that fumble recovery handoff to Jackson. You know, these these refs have been working really hard this year to let the play play out just yep. a little bit longer. Yep. And if anyone was whistle happy, that thing could have very easily been been called dead before they hand. You know, I can't remember who handed the ball off to Jackson. A Toshu, I uh, believe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bless you. Sorry. Now wait a minute. That's a man's name. How dare you? <laughs> it is a man's name. <laughs> man's name. Um, but yeah, so the refs did a very good job, and I think that uh, uh, it's good to see that those guys are improving. But uh, I don't remember where I was going with this. Oh yeah, we were talking about Jackson. Yeah, circling back, uh, and, and just I, I'm hoping he has. He's like, he's been strong all year, but I want to see him play to that same level week in and week out. Yeah, absolutely, and that's really. I'll be looking forward to that. This, if we can get that level of play out of him this week against this Kansas City offense, I think if you hit Tyreek Hill that hard, he there's a, a good <laughs> chance that you won't see the ball thrown to Tyreek Hill for the rest of the game. He'll still be out there. He'll just uh, he'll be seeing ghosts. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So I, I would be, and you know, quite frankly, I don't know if anybody in the league deserves it more. Uh, but that's a <laughs> that's a discussion for another podcast. Huh. Yep. Um, yep. You know, it's it's the injury list is one thing that kind of when I look at it this week, it's not great for the Broncos. Yep. Um, you've got uh, Draymond Jones; he was going to be a big part of our rotation on the defensive line. He's going to be out. Now you're going to have to see more snaps for Adam Gotsis, who has not held up as well in the run this year as you would have liked. Um, Demarcus Walker uh, is a guy who was going to also be a part of that defensive line rotation. He was injured in practice yesterday, and uh, unfortunately he was not out there today. You've got some guys on the defensive line, you know, Mike Purcell's limited, uh, you know, and again, especially when you're in the trenches this year, nobody's 100% um, this time of year, but... 
it's just one of those things that's going to bear watching. The depth is a little shaky there, um, and you really want to kind of shut down the run early, make this Chiefs offense one-dimensional as early as you can, because that dimension is hard enough to stop. But when they can run the ball effectively on you too, there's really not a whole lot your your defense is going to be able to do for very long. The injuries hurt, and especially you know, like you see Derek Wolf go out for the season. I mean, that sucks. And then you see his replacement go out. That sucks even more. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. I mean, with Purcell there, hopefully we can still you know stop the run fairly decently. But you know, at the end of the day, man, look, I'm at the position where I don't care about the win loss record for the rest of the season. I just want to see how these players, uh, you know, these young guys are developing, how they look week in and week out, when they make mistakes, how do they improve and rebound to the next week. Uh, and that, that's really what's going to set the tone for me next year, even if we lose the rest of the games this year. I want to see how these guys are performing, especially with all these injuries. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, who's going to step up? Who's going to show out? Anybody? Sometimes it's nobody, and your team loses by 30, and that's what happens because nobody steps up and shows out. Uh, I don't ex- anticipate that this game, but we're just going to have to see. Uh, you know, it's the A.J. A. Johnson show out, showed out. That's why he's going to be the starter for this team for a long time now, hopefully on the defensive line. Uh, are we going to have a guy step forward? We need to. Yeah. I mean, if we if we want, honestly want to win, we need to. But I think when you look at those players who do step forward, and hopefully there are a couple, those are the guys that we need to also really look at and figure out how to push them to that next level consistently for next year. Yeah. You know, when they can shine in those key moments, how do we get more of that out of them consistently? Yeah. Yeah, and one guy that I've kind of wa- been watching in the last couple of games is Isaac Yadam, and he's had a bunch of snaps and has not been a complete liability like he has been at points during this season. Right. Um, you know, this is a big one for him. If he can go out against a pretty obviously dynamic Chiefs offense and, again, not look like a liability, you know, he's going to change right. some minds. Mm-hmm. Okay, man, uh, before we kind of start wrapping this up, uh, I'm going to go and do my little plug here. Guys, don't forget that we have a ton of content for you guys and uh, – uh, between the Monday night show, Orange Weekly After Dark, at 9 p.m. Mountain Time. Then we got Tuesday night show, Bourbon Broncos, No BS, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. We got the pregame podcast, postgame podcast. If you guys aren't uh, already, uh, obviously you're listening to this on, on some platform, please hit that subscribe button for us. Uh, give us a rating. If there's something you'd like us to add or, or do differently, send, them, send us a message on Facebook. You can give us a rating on Facebook. All these things you can do to help us out. Uh, we appreciate it. And of course, don't forget our Patreon uh, patreon.com slash orange weekly you can donate there we really need to do another prize drawing here soon uh so check uh, watch out for that happening on facebook live probably this next week um but there are a lot of ways you can support us but at the end of the day really guys we're doing this for you uh, we're not getting paid for it or anything at least not yet uh unless david you've got a paycheck i haven't seen i um <laughs> Let's just say there are things that I do for which I get paid that <laughs> perhaps others on the podcast. Oh, don't, I see. I see. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Okay, leave it I that. like it. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, guys. I like the, it too. The point here is. <laughs> God damn it, David! I tried to rig. By the way, I tried to rig all of those Patreon drawings. I know you did in every way conceivable, and I, I couldn't know. do it. I don't know how I didn't end up winning. Well, those when prizes, you create your your but... name as Satin David, uh, you know it's like I know that's you right off the bat. Come on, <laughs> come on! That was the perfect. A- uh, there was no. There was no one way that was for me to be seen. David Day Atense. Come on, man. 
I listen. That was my A material, man. I don't know what else I could possibly do. I appreciate I, the effort, um, though. I really do. <laughs> yeah, well, obviously, I mean, they were pretty great prizes. Uh, yeah, so. I mean, we, tr- we try to do well here. Uh, but yeah, guys, check out all that stuff. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, so we, we're doing this purely for you guys. Uh, the live shows are purely just so we can interact with you guys, answer your questions, talk about what you want to talk about. Uh, and, and we're going to we're gonna be here for the long haul, I think. Uh, it's been three years now, going into our fourth year. Uh, and don't forget that during the off-season, we'll be doing uh, some occasional uh, shows and podcasts, especially to cover free agency and the draft. Uh, before we kind of quiet down going into uh, preseason, start back up then. So, but we do appreciate how you guys support uh, listening to this podcast and everything. So let's let's kind of start really thinking about this, David. We got two wins under our belt. Drew Locke's been looking uh, better from the a lot better in the second week than he did in the first. Uh, things are really kind of clicking for this for this team. Got a ton of injuries. We're going to uh, the loudest stadium uh, in the NFL. Uh, with a team that is going to be in the playoffs. And those fans are excited. And as much as I I don't like, I don't hate the Chiefs. I know I don't like them. But their fans are good. I mean, their fans just like good football. And they're going to be loud no matter what happens. So what do you think, David? It's, it's that time. Well, I hate the Chiefs. Unlike okay, you. okay. I very I much dislike them. I hate the Raiders. And the Patriots. I hate the Raiders, too. <laughs> I hate the Chiefs a little bit more. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I would say I hate the Chiefs maybe even more than the Patriots. Okay. I would say that. Yeah, no, definitely more than the Patriots. Anyway, that being <laughs> said, um, I am going to get... I'm going to show Broncos country my level of confidence in Drew Locke right now. I'm not going to predict a win. I am going to predict a 28-21 Broncos loss. Now, this is the first time... All season that I felt comfortable picking the Broncos to score more than 20 mm-hmm. points. So at least even in our wins, I always I believe I was always under 20 yeah. points uh, or maybe 21. But I believe the Bron- the offense will look competent enough to score three touchdowns. Um, but I just I don't th- and I think the defense will do their part for a good portion of the game. But I don't think they'll be able to hold back that offense at home. All game long. They're going to keep it close, but 28-21 Chiefs is my final. You know, I'm looking at this saying, again, yeah, I, I just I can't see the Broncos winning this one because of our injuries. Uh, this is The Chiefs are looking to really fine-tune everything before they go into the playoffs. And so they're, they're still going to come out really strong and really kind of get everything together. Uh, because, of course, in the last week of the season, they're probably going to be taking uh, that, that week off more than likely. So uh, I do think, however, that the Broncos, again, can score more than 27 points. I think Drew Locke is going to struggle early, but I think, look, I have enough confidence in him right now to believe that he can adapt and overcome. I'm not 100% sold on that, but I think the, the chance is there. And so once that happens, yeah. you know, I think we're going to get in the hole really early. Uh, but third quarter, I think we could really make some, some, some good drives, get some points on the board. I think this is the second week in a row we can be, get, get above that 24-point threshold. I think the ending score, though, is going to be 30-27 to 27, uh, for the Chiefs. Um, but either way, I think it's going to be a tough – but good performance uh, from Drew Locke and the offense. Um, It's going to be fun to watch either way. Um, I don't know if you saw it on our chat there, but Matt did send us his his prediction there. 
David. Oh, yeah. no, I missed that. Yeah, what did he Matt say? Matt said, uh, of course, the Broncos are going to win. Um, I think I think his was reasonable, <laughs> though, unlike yours last week. I think he was saying 30-21 uh, to 21 for the Broncos. I mean, how unreasonable is it if I was the closest? <laughs> my, my counter to that. <laughs> I mean, you know, I get it. You guys can't always be on the podcast. But I want to make sure you feel included, even when you're not. So, I'm here for you. That. Yeah, I'm here yeah. for you. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, it's all, it's always noted. Well, David, yeah. Uh, uh, final thoughts, man. What you got? Oh, man. Uh, I, uh, what I, I got is that I hope I'm healthy enough to watch this game because, good Lord, it's going to be it's gonna be a couple of days some whiskey. before we get to you know, that. It, it, you know, cleans out the bugs. It's there got it right here. <laughs> um, so, uh, man, it's just, it's, you know, we said at the, top of the sh- at the top of the show, but it bears repeating. Man, isn't it fun to have fun watching Broncos games again? At least for now. It, you know, we've seen it before. It could all fall apart on us next game and be miserable for the rest of the season again. Yeah. But for right now, we're having fun. Let's just have fun. You know? Let's be like Drew Locke and Buzz Lightyear our way through the <laughs> fucking Chiefs. All right? Yeah, we didn't even talk about that play where he, he we had to call the timeout because he was staring at his uh, Buzz Lightyear armband. Now, look. He's got rookie yes, moments. He's was, a rookie. But it was funny. Gotta... It's, it, if anything else, it was funny to see him, like, staring at the cheat sheet as he's taking the test. You're like, <laughs> dude, you can't do that. Come on, man. <laughs> you can reference it before the but, test. But anyway, so, yeah, it's. How. And here's my last yeah. final thought is how effing great would it be to beat the freaking Chiefs as they're trying to get oh, ready for the man. playoffs, as they're positioning to maybe get that first round by, smack them in the nose a little bit and remind them they're not all You want to talk about about f- fun football dude dude yeah. that would be and yeah. the weather's not bad out there either uh really so i did look i think it's gonna be like a, the high is 30 so it is gonna be cold but it's not gonna be windy it's not gonna be snowy um and you know broncos no cold i mean from colorado it's not like we're the miami team or something so these guys should be able no. to go in there and play comfortably uh we're not gonna have to worry about high ah. winds or anything like that so um, Ooh, see now I've got uh, I've got a little bit of a different uh-oh, forecast. Did it change since I've Tuesday? Got, uh, I looked at it Tuesday yes. and it said good yeah. weather. Oh, did I just jinx it? Now, yeah, now it says Sunday chance of snow. 50%. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not not crazy windy, but I mean Drew Locke played in Missouri for an awful oh, long true. time. That's he knows true. how he knows okay. the weather. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not too worried about it. As far as that okay. goes, but man, it wouldn't that be fun? Just a sloppy snow game. Uh, I tell you, that's football. That's weather. football weather, exactly. No, uh, yeah, and I've I've been saying a lot this season. I'd rather watch bad football than no football. Uh, but more than that, I they've been I testing would, us I this would, season. Though I'll tell but you, the way it is right now, man, I would much rather watch fun football than bad football. So. Yeah, this is exactly where we're at. So I really hope. Look, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a close game. It's not gonna be like the Texans game. It's just not. Uh, that was yep. a nope. complete rare. You know, just a complete outlier. Um, but I think this team will be able to go in there and and play well. So, uh, with that being said, David, I really appreciate you, even with uh, you, you having your cold. Uh, otherwise, I'd be here talking to myself for an hour, and nobody wants to listen to that. I know you could too. <laughs> you would, like. It would I've happen. done it before on shows. You know, I don't like it because yeah. yeah. no. I repeat myself. Too it's much. awful. <laughs> sure. All right. All right. Well, I, I'm going to shut it down by saying, you know, what we always say at the end of these shows, and what we, you know, what our lives really what gives our lives meaning. Uh, a big fat go Broncos. Thanks for listening, everyone. Go Broncos. We will catch you later.